0: All right, happy Sabbath, everyone. It is an absolute privilege to be here with you all. My name is Angelo, and I just want to pray before we start. Can we do that? Just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Hey, Dad, I just want to thank you so much for this special day. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so excited that every single person That's present here Lord has chosen to come to spend time with you I am not able to do what you want here in this room Lord without your power without your presence and so I want to thank you for being here I want to thank you for taking a hold of my mind and my thoughts hide me behind your cross We love you, and we can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if it's your first time here, these are our roundtable discussions. Thank you. No, it's okay. And we'll have a brief message, and throughout the message, we'll have a few questions. So you can build some new neural pathways and have some fun connecting with who's ever there at the table, okay? So we're just going to jump right into this. And our question here, who is God to you, is going to be our springboard toward the message. So I want you to turn into your tables just a few minutes. And just the first thing that comes to your mind, who is God to you? Go ahead. All right, time's up, time's up. Hold on to your answers. Throughout the the message, I just want you to have an open mind because I'm going to do my best to describe to you who God is. All right? Are you with me? Are you excited? (laughs) All right. That's what I like to hear. So I want to take you back to the very beginning, and I want you to use your imagination and just imagine an earth that is formless, empty, and dark. There's absolutely nothing there and these three words are the ones that are used to describe the present condition of earth and for those that don't know the Bible was written in three languages the Old Testament is mostly Hebrew and a little Aramaic and the New Testament is Greek and so Genesis here The original language is the Hebrew, and it's really cool. I I love to go back to the original language because it gives you a deeper understanding for certain words. So I want you to take a look at these three words here. Formless, empty, and darkness. The original Hebrew says that the word formless actually means a worthless thing. Empty actually means an undistinguishable ruin. Are you catching on that deeper meaning? Isn't it pretty cool? Darkness is misery, death, and sorrow. These are the words that were used to describe, and I'll say it once again, the present condition of earth. Are you following with me? And yet we see something so cool, so unique about God. That verse continues and says, The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I want you to think about that for just a second. (laughs) Oh man, I start to get excited. (laughs) Here's the next question. And you'll take a few more minutes once again. Why was God present in a worthless location? And I say worthless specifically because the earth was described as worthless. So take a few minutes once again and talk amongst yourself why God was present in a worthless location. Go ahead. All right. So my friends here are going to help me out. <laughs> For whoever would like to answer this question, why was God present in a worthless location? Is there anyone brave enough? We have a hand over there. Every. So it doesn't matter if it's worthless or if it's, you know, mm-hmm. the most awesome place in the universe. He's everywhere. So and also he has plans. But he's everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. We have a hand back there. And on this side too. We'll 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 start. Who has the microphone? We'll start with him, and then we'll let you speak. Okay, just one second. Go ahead. Um, God is, was present in a worthless location because He brings worth to everything. He wants us to understand that we're not made good by human standards, by our own mm-hmm. doing. That we need Him. We are nothing without Him, and that He brings purpose and worth, worth to our life. Absolutely. Amen. Nice. Nice. Go Go ahead. God is God. And God is beautiful, and He can make everything beautiful. So okay. the word "wordless," I would remove it because God have a plan, mm-hmm. and everything God made is beautiful. It is His handiwork. Mm-hmm. Very good. So thank you to everyone that answered, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna let you know that. Genesis 1, verse 2 is a verse that we just read. And God has not said four specific words. And we're going to expand on this so you can understand this point a little bit deeper. But ultimately, what I want us to understand is that God is absolutely everywhere, no matter what, that God brings beauty, and that no matter how hopeless the situation may seem or purposeless, God is present and He's gonna turn it into something beautiful. Are you with me this morning? Amen. 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 The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, one simple word to describe God. He says, God is love. Amen. And for anyone that has truly experienced that, there's something that happens naturally that you can't avoid. You expose yourself to being hurt when you truly love you become vulnerable and there's no way to avoid it that individual or individuals that you have chosen to love now have the capability to hurt you and so god is capable of being hurt And I I want you to think about that on not just a superficial level. Because sometimes we dehumanize God (laughs) as if he did not have feelings. And he wasn't this being that just feels pain and hurt. Are you following? Don't don't raise your hand, but... Have you ever had a broken heart? Was it fun? It's not fun at all. I remember when I found myself sitting on the couch, crying out to God, rocking back and forth and just wailing, And I'm looking back now, my neighbors probably thought I was crazy if they heard me. A a close to four-year relationship had just ended, and I found myself feeling worthless, feeling ruined, and full of sorrow. And I was asking God, can you please take away this pain? It's just too much. And no answer seemed to come, so I just went and did what I always did to just numb out. And I don't know if you've ever been there, in that dark place where there seems to be no escape. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. And everything seems worthless, purposeless. And you feel so much pain, and there seems to be no one that truly understands. Don't raise your hand, but have you been there before? Are you there right now? And God spoke these four words in my life. He said, let there be light. Genesis 1 verse 3 was when creation began. Genesis 1 verse 2 the description of a world that was worthless according to the Hebrew and the Bible, that was an undistinguishable ruin, that was full of misery, death, and sorrow, had not become what God intended yet. Are you with me? And then he said, let there be light, and everything was transformed. Everything was made new. There was purpose now. There was worth. There was value. Everything changed. The sun arose. The grass started to spring up. The flowers, the fragrance of the roses. The cute little animals started to come out. And God created humankind. But I want to tell you that God's heart was broken before all this. Someone had chosen to break God's heart and yet God chose to love continuously. And the natural tendency when you are hurt When your heart is broken, is to do what? I just want you to think about it. You want to protect yourself. You want to close out and lift up every sort of barrier and wall so that, guess what, that never happens again. Are you following me? And yet God chose to become vulnerable once again. That's the type of God that we can have a relationship with, Amen. that we can hurt time and time again, and he still says, you know what? I forgive you. Amen. Isn't that just incredible? <laughs> There's so much I want to say, but I have to watch my time. <laughs> and in Psalms 139, verse 7, and this verse just Spoke to me so much when I was in that present place of darkness, God told me, Angelo, no matter if you're in a hell-like experience, I am there. Amen. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever you've gone through in the past, God is saying, I was there with you. I'm there with you right now. And if he is there, guess what? Those four words that were spoken within creation and in my life will be spoken to yours as well. Let there be light. There will be hope. There will be purpose once again. There will be beauty. Even though it may seem as if everything you're going through is full of sorrow and misery. And I want to have the last question here. Where did Jesus, God himself, feel alone, betrayed, and broken? Turn in, in, in your tables and talk about it. time is up I want you to hold on to your answers once again and in the last few minutes I want to describe to you the last scenes of Jesus Christ's life in Matthew 26 Jesus tells the disciples my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death what do those words mean? Jesus was describing a depression like experience. He felt sorrow. He felt grief. Just like you and me. Where was Jesus tempted to feel alone? At the cross when he said, My God, my God why have you forsaken me? When the very disciples that said, we will die for you, were the ones that abandoned him in his greatest time of need. When the person he had spent three and a half years with, sleeping, eating, doing ministry with, was the one that came and betrayed him in intimacy with a kiss on the cheek. Did Jesus feel betrayed? Did Jesus feel alone? Did Jesus feel abandoned? Did He feel broken? And my question is, you don't need to answer it. I just want you to think about it. Why would Jesus go through all of these experiences when He could have just showed up, taken sin on Himself and just died and that's it? Why did He live the life that he did specifically going through the experiences that he did. And I'll briefly describe it here. Unwed mother. Joseph was not his biological father, stepdad. Grew up in a dysfunctional home with half brothers, half sisters, if you want to describe it that way. Bullied at school because he was born out of wedlock, technically. As you progress throughout his life, you'll start to see that he was always the outcast because he was different. Why did Jesus go through these experiences? And it's very simple to identify with you and me so that you wouldn't be defined by those negative experiences, but rather be defined by the Savior that went through the same ones in principle. So that when you felt alone, you could think he felt alone too. When you feel abandoned, you can think he experienced the same thing. When you feel broken, there can be hope that his victory will become yours. There's a lot I want to (laughs) say. But I want to leave you hungry for more. So I'm just going to say this last little piece here. You have someone that can completely understand what you have gone through, what you're going through, and what you will go through in life. Thank you.